0: I'm glad you're with us. 99 days, our 100 day countdown begins officially today. And here we are. We've got more madness, more insanity, more anarchy, more chaos, more democratic. I've never, I've never in my life watched a group of people like the modern, extreme, radical, democratic, anarchist supporting socialist party. And I'm not kidding. I mean, look at Joe Biden. The police have now become the enemy. He's out there insisting riots targeting federal courthouses and federal law enforcement officers in Portland are actually peaceful. No, Joe, they're not. I don't know who's to say, you know, the other person saying that is uh, Jerry Natter. No, it's not true. The mob and the media, they're lying, too, as they usually do. And they're supported by the mob downplaying the violence and literally Biden accusing federal law enforcement. Remember, he said the police have now become the enemy and I'm all for reallocating money away from them. Just another way of saying defund. Biden said federal law enforcement, quote, brutally attacking peaceful protesters in Portland. Then you have Nancy Pelosi calling federal agents stormtroopers. You got majority whip Clyburn calling them Gestapo. You got L.A. Mayor Garcetti saying the demonstrators represent the best of our democratic ideals. So now you've got full solidarity with the radical extreme Democrats. This is now the party of anarchy. This is the party of lawlessness. This is the party that's not providing safety and security. They're the party of amnesty they're the party of the united sanctuary states of america higher taxes destroying the lifeblood of our economy energy of course with the green new deal and joe has surrounded himself with the most radical group of advisors that he that will be in his ear probably writing it for him who knows but look at what he's got his economic czar. That would be Bolshevik Bernie Sanders, even plagiarizing his own socialist agenda. AOC is leading the Green New Deal that Biden's committing trillions of taxpayer dollars to. You got, let's see, oh, is gun czar Beto Bozo? Yeah, confiscate gun O'Rourke. Great. Added yeah, Pelosi and Schumer into the mix, and this is what you've got. The most radical, extreme people, and this is now what's at stake in 99 days. And I cannot give you an honest answer as to what is, we can expect in 99 days. Anybody that says they do know doesn't know what the hell they're talking about. I'm just going to repeat the analogy. If you want it, use it. You, I have a five-alarm fire in my mind and my heart pretty much 24-7. And that is, you have to assume we're behind six points. We're on our own 20-yard line. You got to march down the field 80 yards. You got to cross the plane, kick the extra point. You have no timeouts. That's the level of urgency, I feel, in terms of what's at stake this election. Uh, You want to know how bad it gets? Well, first, let's go to what Biden and Nadler are denying, and that would be the truth that this is all peaceful, because it's not peaceful. Our eyes don't lie to us. What did I say when the George Floyd incident happened? Our eyes don't, you know, I'm, I'm a guy that says, presumption of innocence, don't rush to judgment. It has served me well my entire career. We end up being right where everybody else in the mob is wrong because we don't rush to judgment. But the video that went on for nine minutes spoke for itself. You have to, you, you could see the truth unfolding. Before our eyes, similarly, you see the truth. What's going on in Seattle and Portland? Fifty-nine shot this weekend in Chicago. You got oh chaos all over New York. I mean, it's it's getting so bad. Seven murdered uh, on Sunday alone this week in New York City. It's out of control. But don't let the audio. And we'll show you the video tonight. Get in the way of of the false narrative of the Democrats that keep denying the president who's begging them to offer them help to restore law and order, they, they refuse to be helped. But listen, and and you decide. Does this sound like uh, peaceful protesting to you? Every city, every town, from the precinct to the ground. Every city, every town, from the precinct to the ground. It's a
1: on. I'm oh, not, not oh, sure oh, I can do oh, oh, it. Get the f the street.
2: Get that
0: That is now the norm. It's been going on for 60 days in Portland. Now, I never thought in my lifetime I'd ever hear a police chief like we heard this weekend. In this case, out of Seattle. Happens to be African-American. The police chief's name is Carmen Best. Carmen Best told local businesses and the people of her city, that due to brand new city council regulations, due to that, okay, that please know that the city council ordinance uh, one nineteen eight oh five crowd control tool goes into effect this weekend, Sunday, July 26th. She said the ordinance banned Seattle police officers the use of less lethal tools, meaning non-lethal, like including pepper spray, which are commonly used to disperse crowds, that have turned violent. She sent this in a letter to residents and to businesses. And then she said her officers have no ability to safely intercede to preserve property in the midst of a large and violent crowd. And then informed, you know, she was informed by the city council, and she's now saying it is now hamstrung police in Seattle that they will now avoid any attempts at crowd control. She said, It's a fact there are groups and individuals intent on destruction of our city. And we've also seen some peaceful demonstrators. But two recent events, and she cited them, included wide-scale property destruction and attacks on officers, injuring more than a dozen. With more demonstrations anticipated, she anticipates the city will continue to experience, it's not brain surgery, property destruction, arson, looting, and attempts to injure additional officers. And then she says, if I'm not allowed to lawfully equip officers with the tools that they have been trained to use to protect the community and themselves, it would be reckless to have them confront this level of violence under the current legal restrictions imposed by the council. Now, remember, Seattle, they're already in the process of defunding the police there by 50%. They're planning to shut down their county jail. Listen to this police chief in Seattle. This is a cry, a plea for help
3: and a warning
0: to residents and business owners.
3: People throughout Seattle need to be aware that the city council ordinance banning the use of less lethal tools, including pepper spray, which is commonly used to disperse crowds that have turned violent, will go into effect this weekend. Yesterday, I sent a letter to City Council members that clearly explained the foreseeable impact of this ordinance on upcoming events. And I think it's important that you understand that as well. With the City Council ordinance, we hear loudly and clearly that the use of these less lethal tools by SPD officers to disperse crowds that have turned violent have been completely banned by the City Council. And the Police Department will abide by this legislation. This week, Some have asked why officers do not arrest individuals who participated in criminal activity. Our officers will always investigate crimes and will make arrests when suspects are identified. As the council's legislation goes into effect this weekend, my hope is that it does not create more dangerous circumstances for our community and our officers should officers have to intervene and stop criminal activity. For these reasons, the Seattle Police Department will have an adjusted deployment in response to any demonstrations this weekend. The council legislation gives officers no ability to safely intercede to preserve property in the midst of a large and violent crowd. Allowing this behavior deeply troubles me. It deeply troubles me. It
0: deeply should trouble every American to hear that. That is unbelievable. That is unacceptable. That is not something that we can accept as a society. I, I went around the entire country this weekend and I'm watching the Democrats and listening to them. And I am, I am stunned at their ignorance, the media's ignorance. Oh, this is right wing. It's not right wing media. Your eyes are lying to you. I mean, you have protests all across the country. Riots declared Seattle and Portland this weekend. Portland protests, this is now the 60th night. Two people arrested after gunshots sh- near the Portland protest site. Real, you know, 59 officers were injured in Portland. 47 people arrested. And Seattle police had to release, they finally released the body camera footage from Saturday's protest. It's not good. And by the way, 47 arrested after their Saturday riot there. And, you know, it's not stopping. You have protesters all over New York. You now have NYPD cops. Their cars are being targeted. Fires uh, lit all over the city. Atlanta shootings, protesters, they're attacking federal buildings, fireworks, shattering windows. Protesters vandalizing police unions in Baltimore. Baltimore. Austin police released two people who had fired handguns in a deadly incident there. I'll give you the details later. Sacramento businesses left with broken windows, graffiti when that protest turned violent. At BCU, they have protests cause over 100 grand in damage. Windows smash, buildings tag. DHS Secretary Wolf saying the Portland protests are different from normal criminal activity. But of course, who are they being defended by? The radical, extreme Democratic Party. I've never seen the Jerry Nadler and riots in Portland are a myth. No, they're not. Joe Biden's comments. Uh, he's wrong, too. So wh- how, how far are they going to allow this to go? Fifty nine people shot again this weekend in Chicago. We're not going to allow federal troops in our city. OK, are you going to solve the problem because you're not doing it? last let's see three weeks 64 70 and 59 slight decline from last week 59 of our fellow americans shot in her city and we're going to get lectures from her on how to handle these issues uh it's obviously not working kansas city's mayor welcomed federal help smart Wherever the federal troops have gone in like minnesota and elsewhere and washington dc guess what it worked out well for everybody We roll along 941 Sean. If you want to be a part of this uh, program today, you know, I, I, how do you not see or care about how this is, what this is all resulting in? More crime, more violence, more destruction, and more death. How, how is it even possible to not understand the magnitude of and the stupidity of the moment? You got a surveillance video capturing a a mob brutally beating a father and his daughter inside a, a what's the equivalent of a New York City, you know, small grocery store or deli. I thought they they killed him. I thought he died. It's all on tape. We have uh, a case that is really really scary. Uh, a, a lot of cases are scary. To be very honest, I mean, it's all shocking. In Milwaukee, you may not have heard of the name Burnell Trammell, uh, you know, by the mob and the media. He died last week. Well known African American political activist in Milwaukee was murdered on Thursday by a person or persons unknown. And, uh, you know, I why he's an African American. Public supporter of Trump, New York Post put it out there today, the shooting death of a black Trump supporter in Milwaukee has state Republicans calling for a federal investigation. I don't know the, nobody knows all the details of it. Hopefully we'll get to know them sooner than later and bring the perpetrators to justice. We've talked about one-year-olds, seven-year-olds, eight-year-olds, 19-year-olds, 10-year-olds, 11-year-olds, kids being shot and murdered. But we do have lectures coming in from the likes of Natalie Portman and Joaquin Phoenix. And they have called on uh, they they have called the defund the police effort. They're supporting it to end police terror. Well, now they sound like Biden. Now they sound like Nadler. You got a video of a scene of a fatal shooting in Austin that left one person dead and a suspect in custody. I don't know if you saw what happened in louisville this uh, this weekend you had m- militia fighting against militia i don't know who's on what side and where that's now happening. It's, it's spreading across the country why because the anarchists have been given a strong signal nothing's gonna happen they're not gonna stop you even politicians will run out and agree with you and say let's defund the police oh that's that's keeping everybody safe and secure at what point do we blame the politicians for aiding and abetting in the death by being derelict in their duty? Hi, right, 25Hannity.com, Amazon.com. One week from tomorrow, uh, live free or die. A lot of announcements coming this week. Uh, the president now taking to a facility in the development of a vaccine. Mark Meadows saying this weekend that they expect therapeutic, uh, probably a therapeutic update and breakthrough coming up this week. All good news. Uh, we have numerous companies now, uh, AstraZeneca, uh, Moderna, and Pfizer, and they're all working on it. This is in North Carolina, in Morrisville. Here's the president.
1: Much, uh, much higher level in a few minutes after I'm finished, and I believe we'll take a few questions, too. Which we're carrying out a crucial biomanufacturing process needed to make the Novavax vaccine This production is made possible by my administration's $1.6 billion award to Novavax as part of Operation Warp Speed. It lets us deliver the final product in a time that never has been achieved anywhere at any time for anything like this. These same manufacturing processes are being conducted on an even larger scale in College Station, Texas. Today, I'm proud to announce that HHS has just signed a $265 $265 million contract with the Fujifilm Texas a and Innovation Center, which is quite the place to dramatically expand their vaccine manufacturing capacity. I want to thank Fujifilm CEO Martin Meeson for welcoming us today. And Martin, where is Martin? Thank you. Thank you very much, Martin. It's really wonderful to be with you under these circumstances in particular, with all the progress that's being made as well as Novavax CEO Stanley Erk. Stanley, thank you very much. Thank you very much for being here. Thanks also to Secretary Alex Azar, who's with us. Senator Tom Tillis, thank you very much. Thank you, Tom. Stand up, Tom. Good job you've done. Thank you very much. You really have. Representatives Richard Hudson. As we get any
0: new information, we'll pass it on to you. Dr. Burks this weekend... You know we keep hearing reports. Now we did interview Texas uh, Governor Abbott. We interviewed uh, Governor DeSantis in Florida. and yes, we they've they've had these higher incidents uh, that in this breakthrough. It's been spreading into states like Florida, Texas, California, Arizona, we're learning last week what the president has been doing with all of that. Uh, we're in a much different position, thankfully. It's not a, a fight and a battle for PPE like we had in the beginning of this thing. We have plenty. Uh, we have literally National Guard trip uh, troops now deployed to all four of those hotspot states. Uh, Dr. Burke said uh, on Friday we're starting to see the plateauing in these critical, uh, critically forced states that have really suffered under the last four weeks. Uh, in fact, the last 10 days, new coronavirus cases nationwide have been holding steady around 66,000 a day. One of the weirdest phenomenons that I, I can't get a handle on is how in Florida and Texas, after speaking with both governors on on Hannity and on this radio show, you know, they're, they're both saying the same thing. Much This is different from what was happening in New York, Connecticut and New Jersey and, and elsewhere, where it was just targeting all these older people. And now we have younger people. Now, the risk is that, okay, well, younger people are going to see older people that are more vulnerable, underlying health conditions or compromised immune systems. Yesterday, by the way, it had held steady at 66,000 about a day and now dropped to 54,000. All these numbers are high, um, but we're getting a lot of, I don't know, we've not gotten to the bottom of why you're getting 100% reports from some private and public facilities of, Uh, positive COVID tests in Florida and and other problems in Texas you have a case in New York uh, Newsday 74 Long Island residents tested for COVID-19 over a five-day period earlier this month they all got false positives according to Nassau and Suffolk County and and it's hard understanding this uh, but again it's something that it's the worst pandemic we've had. Senator Cruz this weekend was on CBS We're 100 days out of the presidential election. The only objective Democrats is to def- defeat Trump. And they've cynically decided the best way to defeat Donald Trump is shut down every business in America, shut down every school in America. Fauci's even saying, no, we don't have to shut down every business. CDC guidelines from about a week and a half ago were very clear. And which has been my message now consistently for a long time based on anecdotal you know, anecdotally, what I saw up here in the middle of this in New York is that the mask seemed to work. And if you care about older people, if you care about your grandma, grandpa, mom, dad, or you don't want to get somebody else's grandma, or grandpa sick, and those that would be vulnerable to possible death from this thing, you know, for the short period of time, as the CDC said, four to six weeks, you wear the mask, it's over, done. Couple that with the therapeutics that they'll be announcing this week. The vaccine progress, the president is right. It's unprecedented. You've never broken down the sequence of a virus this fast. Uh, there are now discussions beginning in the Senate today about what the money is going to be spent for in terms of the next round of COVID relief. Uh, a lot of it is going to be on testing and, and $105 billion to help reopen schools safely. Uh, and loans and tax breaks and uh, and so on and so forth as part of it. Mnuchin is out there saying that they're trying to get it back and also explaining scaling back expanded unemployment benefits, and I think Lindsey Graham has been right on that from the very beginning, is the problem is if you have 70% of the people on unemployment making more money unemployed than they did when they weren't, that's not an incentive to get everybody back to work, but even still we can see the reopening we knew there were going to be hot spots. I kept saying it. it's not if, it's when. And here we are. But uh, anyway, so we'll see what comes out of that. I preferred, much more preferred, the, the option, uh, the Art Lapper suggestion, but apparently the Democrats are just opposed to it. That was the payroll tax cut. I mean, it just makes sense. And, you know, he talked about Senator Cruz yesterday. You know, all the millions of Americans that lost their job and now are trying to get back to work. And again, there's a lot of hit and miss here, but we're going to, you know, look, I think if we can just get this this latest wave under control using what we learned to do right from the first wave. And I think that would be social distancing, masks, but not shutting down the economy and protecting older people with underlying conditions. I mean, there's so much that so many got so wrong on all of this. All their models and predictions were wrong. The mob and the media just absolutely lying about hydroxychloroquine. We're now in phase three vaccine trials. That's 30,000 volunteers. It's going to take place in Vegas. And it started yesterday. Got to be very proud of those people that are volunteering to do this uh, for the sake of other people. Uh, Mark Meadows, chief of staff, saying that Uh, There are going to be announcements probably in the coming days as it relates to therapeutics. Uh, Doctor, you know, all of these people are giving us the right amount of cautious measure, I think, and hope. I don't know why there's this resistance towards wearing the mask. To me, it doesn't bother me at all. It really doesn't. And it's it's not a matter of the government forcing me because this thing is going to be gone. We're going to get the vaccine. That's going to happen. The therapeutics I know are working because we keep interviewing, you know, our medical A-team experts and the, the evidence keeps coming in. But the mob and the media that got Russia wrong and Ukraine wrong and, you know, hate all things Donald Trump, they'll never say, yeah, well, hydroxychloroquine, it turns out, now seems to work. I don't think that'll happen either. But, you know, such it is as, you know, people that have varying agendas in life. And, you you know, everything you've got to understand now has got to be seen through the prism of what's going to happen in, what, 99 days? And that is an election. I mean, it is really stunning to me the number of days since Joe Biden had at a press conference and took reporters' questions, 27 days. Now, that one day was preceded by 89 days of no questions. But Biden did have time to address an L.A. Democratic Awards dinner to honor Kathy Griffin, by the way, his riots are going on and he's out there, you know, attacking police. Anyway, won't go on with Chris Wallace on Fox News Sunday. He won't go anywhere except for his basement. And by the way, he's doing these local interviews. And as soon as their t- time is up, black screen, we're done. Never saw anything like that either. And Kathy Griffin, as you know, is the one that had the severed head of Donald Trump. Wasn't particularly funny the mob won't tell you that the biden campaign that hispanic organizers are claiming a toxic uh work environment but that's what it says i found the comments of um who was it who tweeted tim McTarr? who who is that with the with the trump campaign i guess calling him a trojan horse candidate look he's now told us what he's going to do He's now explained that it's Bolshevik-Bernie's economic plan, AOC's new Green Deal plan. Do you know how many millions and millions of jobs are lost when we get rid of coal, gas, and fracking? It's over. Those jobs, you know, that is the lifeblood of the world's economy. He's pledging trillions of dollars into this everything's free Green New Deal madness. If you're looking for a VP uh, who's emerging, Kamala Harris- the, the chatter seems the loudest on her. You keep hearing, hearing a little bit about Val Demings, a congresswoman in Florida. Um, but we'll see. You know, it's it's going to be up to them. Joe Biden addressing Democratic Awards dinner honoring Kathy Griffith. But he can't take questions from the press. That's a pretty spectacular epic fail, too. But back to our top story, which is the violence. The federal uh, feds have now sent reinforcements just to protect Federal buildings in Portland. They're looking, you know, literally now, Sunday night, amid all this violence, 60 straight days, Portland police officers found a bag of potentially leper riders containing improvised explosive devices. Now we have some police officers may have been permanently blinded because of the actions of some of these insane people. I mean, I just, just did everybody forget 9 11? Did everybody forget what had happened? In the baseball field when Steve Scalise was shot, 59 shot this weekend in Chicago. Seven murdered in New York City yesterday alone. Worse than the average daily homicide rate during the bad old days. Former Governor Pataki saying, yep, that's where we're headed back to. This is not good. After the deadliest days in recent memory, yep, that took the lives of nine New Yorkers back in July. New York murders up dramatically. I mean, the crime and violence is out of control in all of these cities. You have this crime wave is now so bad. Reverend Al Sharpton has now spoken out. He was in the Daily News talking about the grieving family. Our friend Lawrence Jones will join us later today. He's in Chicago today. He's going to be reporting for Hannity tonight. Deval Godner, this... Remember, he spoke to the father and the grandmother of this one-year-old that was shot in a park at a stroller. Anyway, Sharpton talked to the family. How's a mother and father or grandmother supposed to act when a one-year-old child is killed? The least the community can do is put their arms around them and stand up and say, we've got to stop this. My question to Reverend Sharpton is, how is defunding the police and get ridding, getting rid of their street crime unit going to help? Called on the police to improve safety. And also called on the community to demand peace from its own members who may be responsible for the crime wave. Okay, well, if you have less money, how does that work? Then you got the idiot mayor of New York City, Comrade de Blasio. Literally, two weeks ago, he invoked Chairman Mao to explain how important women were to the economy. Now we've got Comrade de Blasio quoting Karl Marx to explain why he's doing nothing to stop New York's economy from imploding. Said this on Friday when he was asked about recent reports that his long held antipathy toward well-heeled private sector interests jeopardizing the city's economic recovery, he said, Well, uh, that my focus has not been on the business community and the elites. I'm tempted to borrow from Karl Marx here. And he went on to recite from memory a concept expressed in chapter one of the Communist Manifesto. There's a famous quote the state is the executive committee of the bourgeois. And I use it openly to say, no, he said, I actually read that as a young person, and that's not the way it's supposed to be. And he said, the business community matters. He went on to say, we need to work with the business community. We will work with the business community. But he said, the city government represents the people, represents working people. and mayor should not be too cozy with the business community. Okay. Who's going to feed the people? If you don't have businesses open or if you destroy the economy, as he's now doing. And then we're going to have to retrofit every building in New York. I am predicting you will watch, wait and see the largest mass exodus out of all of these cities. Some will be moving to local, safer communities on the outskirts of the cities. Others, they're just going to leave the state altogether. Got to give Joe Rogan a, a tip of the hat today. This is a very popular podcast, very talented guy. And Joe Rogan said, I'm out of here, I'm leaving Los Angeles. Linda, when are we getting out of here? You already left here, so you're not even part of here. That's right, Papa. You're smart. I'm out. All right, 800-941-SHAWN, number. He's going to Texas, and I applaud him for his decision, and don't blame him one bit. If you're going to move from these liberal cities, don't bring your liberal policies and destroy the red states that you're moving to to get away from the hell that was created in the blue states that you're coming from. Hey, glad you're with us. That's on uh, Hannity.com, 800-941-SHAWN is our toll-free number. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. By the way, you ever think you'd ever hear every city, every town, burn that precinct, burn it down, or whatever the hell they're, you know. You ever think you'd hear, what do we want, dead cops? When do we want them now? Do you ever think you'd hear any of this? Pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon? Do you ever think that you would hear of... A a scandal of such monumental proportions that there's no other way to describe it except that you had a few people, very powerful positions, abusing their power, protecting one presidential candidate over another, and then literally knowingly spying on that other campaign and then transition team deep into the presidency because that's what had happened. Now, what were all the FISA application warrants all about? They were all about, they were all the bulk of the information, to quote the House Intel Committee, and, uh, of course, the Deputy FBI Director, McCabe, uh, you don't have the dirty dossier, Russian disinformation, we now know, paid for by Hillary Clinton, funneled money through Perkins Coie to Christopher Steele, You you don't have any of those warrants. And they were all warned, and we now know that even in the first briefing that took place with the fbi they sent in somebody from operation crossfire hurricane uh, operation what is it razorback to get general flynn now we're finding out that we, we we learned recently that on january of 2017 that christopher seal's subsource remember james comey to randy signed two two of the warrants even though he's warned numerous times before the first one it's not verifiable. Uh, Steal had a political agenda. Hillary paid for it. it. Says at the top of a FISA application, verified. He didn't verify anything. Didn't care to. Then the subsource said, are you kidding? This was like bar talk. What are you talking about? Now we're finding out that the steel primary source apparently is now, the, the focus is now on a think tank tied to Hillary Clinton and Biden. The Brookings Institute. If you look at John Solomon's piece at uh, apparently the revelation that his primary subsource for this dirty Russian disinformation dossier was an American resident tied to this think tank close to the Obama administration and Clinton, and apparently triggered the entire new investigative interest. Uh, long story. You got this Igor, Danchenko is his name apparently identified as Steele's subsource reported by RealClear Investigations, then confirmed by his lawyer to the New York Times, meaning that Steele's dossier relied on someone who was not even based in Russia, despite claims to the contrary by the FBI. At least two of the foreign, the FISA warrant applications targeting Trump and Carter Page, the FBI referred to the primary subsource as truthful and cooperative and Russian-based. I was in Michael, Inspector Michael Horowitz's, Inspector General's, his report last December. Apparently this guy worked for several years until 2010 at Brookings. Familiar to many in the Obama administration and to one key witness in the impeachment proceeding against Donald Trump. Fiona Hill, Russian expert, NSC impeachment witness against Trump, worked at that institute. Authored a paper with Darren prior Prior to the dossier being assembled, according to real clear investigations and politics. In addition, by the way, uh, you got all these other new details emerging. Lindsey Graham this weekend saying the FBI lied their asses off to Congress about the Steele dossier. Lindsey Graham is now bringing in, I believe tomorrow, he's going to bring in Sally Yates. He has a whole list of questions for, for her. And a preview of what's happening. We're finally getting to the bottom of it. I don't know when the Durham report is coming. Sooner, hopefully, than later. Because, uh, and then all these other people are going to be brought in as well, including Comey, McCabe, Strzok, Page. A lot of people to bring in here. I'd like to know what Obama knew and Biden knew. And I'd like everybody in that January 5th, 2017 meeting in the Oval Office to talk about it. Joining us now is the ranking member of the House Intelligence Committee. Devin Nunes. Devin Nunes told us the truth about Russia and Adam Schiff lied. And we have now been able to put a timeline together as he kept secret. These House Intelligence Committee uh, meetings and and when they were interviewing witnesses and the witnesses were saying one thing. And Adam Schiff was out there lying to the press and saying no, just the opposite. Unbelievable. Uh, Congressman, great to have you. Tell us about the secret source for the Steele dossier.
4: Well, Sean, this story continues to get bigger, and this investigation continues to broaden. So, we've been looking at this source for a long time. We were led to believe that this was that this was a a Russian. Um, so, we had our sights set on three Russians that we were trying to find, and lo and behold, it ends up that this guy's not a Russian at all. He was born in Russia, but as you said, he was an American resident. Now, you know why is this important? I think you have to kind of look at this in in a few different different ways. But this was designed by the Clinton campaign and their dirty operatives to be an October surprise, dirty trick. They were trying to tie Trump uh, with dirty business deals and that he would be too weak on Putin. I don't know why they schemed that up, but they had this fantasies with Glenn Simpson and Fusion GPS and now it appears like it's the Brookings Institute uh, was also heavily involved in this. Then Obviously, they, they go after Carter Page in October of 16. Well, nothing comes of it. And then, lo and behold, the impossible happens. And what is that? Donald Trump becomes president. Nobody thinks that's going to happen. Then they have to go back to the well again and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. We, if you remember, Sean, there was a – I, I call it the Halloween story, October 31st of 16. There was a leak uh, massive leak uh, that people didn't realize at the time. But said that they had been looking at the Trump campaign for ties to Russians and they didn't find anything. So effectively, somebody at the FBI leaked that because they wanted to get the hell out of town. They knew that that, that that when they went after Carter Page, it was wrong. They knew they didn't find anything right before the election, and I think they were trying to clear their books off so that nobody would ever find this out and discover this. Well, then Trump wins, and then, as you know, that's when I think the Obama administration gets into full gear, and they're like, oh, no, 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 we're going to have to go back and look at all this. We were led to believe that this dossier, when we were first briefed on it, even though most of the mainstream media had it, Sean, I mean, you and I were the only ones who didn't have it, and, and Trump. Uh, and then you fast forward, uh, they get this, uh, they brief us on this dossier in January. We're led to believe from that time forward that this is somebody serious. Right, that that there's somebody that must have some ties to Russian. Well, Sean, now we know, as as you said, uh, all this is about. It's a we now know that the number one left wing think tank in Washington D.C. was heavily, heavily involved in the development, the dissemination, and the defense of this dossier. It's basically a full time operation from the from this, this left wing think tank for the last four years to discredit. The house republican investigation to discredit media figures like yourself um they've been they're knee deep in all of this and you, you take what lindsey graham said and now we know you know for sure the fbi hid this from congress obstructed our investigation we should have known this from the very beginning that this was a, that this was you know a dude that used to work at the brookings i mean hell he's here here in the swamp I mean, this is this is no russian
0: so the whole thing was based on a lie now we got to get to the source of the lie and who knew what when and where. Um what is frustrating to so many people that I know is okay, we're now at the end of July. We got a we got an election in 99 days. I think the American people deserve to know the truth about the last election before this one. <laughs> yeah. You know, where, where where's the Durham investigation?
4: Yeah, I know. I totally agree and it's just that you know that the challenge we have here is that we keep finding new evidence. I mean, you know, we've made, and I know everybody gets frustrated, you know, we've made 14 criminal referrals. That doesn't mean 14 people. There's a lot more than 14 people we've made the criminal referrals on. We have a 15th request for an investigation to occur. Um, uh, you know, I, I have to believe that the challenge here is, Sean, that this is such a wide ranging investigation involving so many layers of people uh, that they're tr- probably trying to figure out, you know, how do they bring indictments here? uh... in the in in august uh... because you know the the rules of the fbi say that you bring know, you if there's anything political uh... That they would have to be brought in august so you know my hope is i'm crossing my finger that we will get you know some initial indictments um, you know i I, w- I would i think like you said i think the american people expect for us to know what happened in the twenty sixteen election before we vote again in the two thousand twenty election But based on
0: what we know happen. We already know that they they should, they should absolutely lied and protected Hillary. We abso- we know that this is the dirty misinformation dossier. We know that they were warned before the first FISA application. That's premeditated fraud on a court. You know, Roger Stone and Paul Manafort had their pre-dawn raids in Stone's case. 29 guys in tactical gear, frogmen, and CNN cameras for a process crime that we know Comey, McCabe, and others had already been referred to themselves. Why does nothing ever happen to them?
4: Yeah, and I, I well, you're exactly right, and I think you add. And now we now know that the FBI knew that this dossier was just was just garbage. I mean, they you know they had to have known it then. I mean, it, the, the whole thing was a sick fantasy that was dreamt up by a bunch of Clinton operatives, and they got somebody, the dirty cops at the FBI, to go along with it. And they perpetuated this hoax on the American people. I mean, it just—it's—it, it, you know, I would have never thought. I mean, it, you know, I knew this was bad four years ago. You know, when when I first broke this to the American people, but even I didn't believe that it went this far, this far and wide, this far deep. You know, I would have never thought that 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 a think tank would be this heavily involved and engaged in this. The Brookings Institute. I, I just—it makes sense now in retrospect, John, because. They were so busy. So all
0: these guys us. on Twitter that might have been going TikTok, all part of a scheme, do you think? <laughs>
4: How many times did you see that? You know, mm-hmm. and, and you know, and they're supposed to be fact checkers, right? Nonprofit. We're nonprofit, independent fact checkers, and, and it never made any sense. Why on earth, like every single time that you know anything that 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 I did, they criticized and they you know and they slandered, they smeared. You know, any, oh, and you,
0: you have, and I both have been raked over the coals. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I had 45 pages of 302s on me, and my text messages with Manafort released. Uh, you've been through your own hell, and this congenital liar, never there's no ramifications for his conduct ever.
4: Yeah. Well, look, that's why this election is so consequential, and that's why we can't, we have to, as Republicans and conservatives, we have to understand there is a disinformation operation that's never ended. It started with the Clinton campaign, creating this nonsense. Now it's continuing to this day with they, they continue to say and promote out there that Trump had something to do with Russia. You know, now they're attacking the attorney general. They're attacking uh, Durham. Uh, so we just have to make sure that those, that those conservatives out there and the independents, uh, we have to spread the truth. And it's, it's not going to be easy because we have to fight through the mainstream media that's against us. And of course, all the social media companies that are against us. So we have our work to do in the next 99 days, and and we have to cross our fingers that that somebody is indicted for this. But we also have to be ready for the worst, and that is that nothing happens. I mean, which would be a travesty. But we we, we have to make sure our people get out and vote on election day.
0: All right, Devin Nunes, uh, ranking member of House Intelligence Committee, has been phenomenal, and he's been honest, and he's been truthful, and he's told the American people the truth the whole time, and at you know, great personal prizes, never ending attacks against this man. Thank you, sir. We will get to the bottom of it. I otherwise we don't have we don't have equal justice or application of laws. We don't have a constitutional republic. It just evaporates if they get away with this. And I, I wanna know me. what everybody in that January fifth meeting knew and when did they know it and why did they know it and why didn't they do anything about it? Uh, Devin Nunes, thank you. All right, Sean, uh, Commissioner Bernie Carrick, uh, Sergeant uh, Penny is going to join us from Dallas. Uh, Rick in Chicago. Rick, you're on the Sean Hannity Show. Hi. Hi,
5: Sean. Good to talk to you.
0: Good to talk to you, sir. What's going on?
5: I was just calling in because I've been listening to the national news, including Fox, for the last two, three weeks. And everybody keeps talking about the shootings just on the weekend in Chicago. They changed the narrative. It's no longer how many shootings per week. It's only how many shootings per weekend. If you look on one, some of the local websites in Chicago, on some of the weekends where they stated there were 60 or 67 shootings, there were 150 or 160 shootings, actually. So
0: Are I you kidding me? So they're actually lying here. about that, too?
5: Well, what they're doing is they're not lying about it. They changed the narrative. Before, they used to tell you, they used to talk about how many shootings per week for the whole week in Chicago. Now they're just telling you how many shootings on the weekend. So they're leaving out the other four days of shooting. Uh. And I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody has caught on to that, that everybody keeps talking about only the shootings that occur on the weekend. Now in Chicago, not how many shootings per week.
0: Unbelievable. Well, we got to now. You know what? I'll, I'll, we're going to use this, information ourselves then they will pass it on to tv too and make sure that we get the number right um boy you'd think that uh, i why did i not know or assume that we're not being told the truth because we're lied to all the time now you have people like nadler biden the media mob oh there's there's no there's no chaos there's no violence at all really what do you hear from army horowitz and, Lawrence Jones and of Commissioner Carrick and Sergeant uh, Penny, when we get to them, when we come back. alright hundred nine four one. right, we We'll take a quick break. Don't forget, we had an amazing Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern DVR. Uh, Hannity.com for Live Free or Die, eight days away. City, every town, from the precinct to the ground. Every city, every town, burn the precinct to the ground. It's a
1: show. I'm not out of here. I'm not out of here. Get the f off the
2: street.
3: People throughout Seattle need to be aware that the City Council ordinance banning the use of less lethal tools, including pepper spray, which is commonly used to disperse crowds that have turned violent, will go into effect this weekend. Yesterday, I sent a letter to City Council members that clearly explained the foreseeable impact of this ordinance on upcoming events, and I think it's important that you understand that as well. With the City Council ordinance, we hear loudly and clearly that the use of these less-lethal tools by SPD officers to disperse crowds that have turned violent have been completely banned by the City Council. And the Police Department will abide by this legislation. This week, some have asked why officers did not arrest individuals who participated in criminal activity. Our officers will always investigate crimes and will make arrests when suspects are identified. As the Council's legislation goes into effect this weekend, my hope is that it does not create more dangerous circumstances for our community and our officers should officers have to intervene and stop criminal activity. For these reasons, the Seattle Police Department will have an adjusted deployment in response to any demonstrations this weekend. The Council legislation gives officers no ability to safely intercede to preserve property, in the midst of a large and violent crowd. Allowing this behavior deeply troubles me. It deeply troubles me. All
0: right, that is the, I mean, incredible statement by the Seattle Police Chief, Carmen Best, telling local businesses that due to the new city council regulations out in Seattle that the police force will not be able to intervene in the event of even more rioting, which we have been chronicling here on this show week, you know, every day. And the city council ordinance bans the police from using non-lethal uh, tools to disperse crowds and, and basically going on to say there's nothing we can do. I cannot put my officers at risk any longer. Uh, You see the riots in all of these cities that we have been going in a great specificity and detail on. And when and she happens to be an African-American police chief and she is telling the people in her city, I am incapable uh, and it's it is irresponsible of me to use my officers when they have no chance at all to combat what's coming at them. That's how insane this has gotten. That's how dangerous this now all is. It's not a joke. This is not going to end well. It's already not ending well, as we've been chronicling. Anyway, uh, former NYPD Commissioner Bernie Carrick, remember he was the Commissioner of New York City's uh, Police Department during 9-11. Our friend uh, Sergeant Dimitri Penny is with us, 21-year vet, Dallas Police Force. He's now running as a congressional candidate. For the 30th district down in texas friend of the program as well bernie we'll start with you my, uh, that was the single most chilling statement i've ever heard from any police chief ever in my lifetime but she's not wrong
6: no no she's not wrong sean and it's it is in my, in my career in my whole career Um, the most bizarre statement from a police executive that I have ever heard. Because the police executives, keep in mind, they look to the politicians, they look up to the politicians to get their support, their backing, their indemnification for their staff to be able to go out and do the job they have to do to acquire the training they need, to, to get the resources they need to do that job, And for any police executive to have to read that statement to basically tell the community, you're on your own. I can't do anything for you because the city council won't let me. That's pretty frightening.
0: And they're talking about a 50 percent cut. You know, what's frustrated me in all of this and, and even hearing the Democratic candidate for the presidency saying that police have now become the enemy, not one not one word of support for the brave men and women and a lot of these cities as a matter of fact most if not all of them they have a majority minority police force not one word of support for the brave men and women the 99 percent i call them not the one percent the george floyd case that put their lives on the line every day to protect and to serve you know bernie you had your officers first responders firemen paramedics Everybody remembers 9-11-2001. Your guys were heading up. Everybody else is racing down. They knew they might not survive, but they did it anyway. We forget about these two Capitol Police officers walking through an open baseball field with pistols to defend Steve Scalise, who nearly was, was, was taken out in that shooting, barely survived with his life, uh, against a rifle by a, by a guy that's in the bushes. Now, Bernie... I know enough about firearms. I've been trained in the use of them since I'm 10 years old to know that a pistol in an open field against a guy that has camouflage and hiding in the bushes with a rifle, it's a 99.9% death sentence if that guy fires the, that bullet.
6: Yeah, Sean. Uh, listen, right now... They did
0: it you're anyway, though.
6: About, you're talking about a rifle versus a firearm. These, these city council members... They don't want them to even have non-lethal weapons. So here, here's, what's gonna, here's the reality. If a cop's put in a position where he has to defend himself and he doesn't have the ability or the legal authority to use a non-lethal weapon, what's coming? He's only He has two things. He has his hands and feet or he has his gun. That's it. They're taking away every tool the men and women in in the police departments have to defend themselves and others, and jeopardizing the communities, the the police themselves. And here, the crazy thing, Sean, probably every one of those city council members, they have armed security from the police department.
0: Almost all of them. Does. Okay, well, cool, well cool. we saw that happen in Minneapolis. They just hired private security guards while they're voting to defund the police. Sergeant Penny, let me bring you in. Your thoughts?
7: Yeah. No, we are dealing with some dangerous times right now. I mean, this is it, I've never heard a statement like that, as the commissioner, commissioner said before. I've never heard a commander come out and and essentially tell them that, you know, tell citizens that they're, their law enforcement officers are unavailable. I mean, this is, you know, that, that just shows the crisis that this nation is dealing with. Our political structure that's in this country right now has become so so leftist in, in, in ideology that they have subjected the, the citizens, like normal citizens, to a death sentence. That's what's happening right now. Officers, if officers can't respond, and, and these are moving mobs. Keep in mind, a lot of these mobs, they're organizing social media. They are, they are massive. They know everything before law enforcement is even able to catch on to it. So they know what they're going there to do. Law enforcement have no way to defend any citizen that's out there that, 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 that's remotely thinking of doing a peaceful protest. There's no way. So essentially what we got to do, Sean, we got to get a hold of our policies in this country. We have to develop a comprehensive domestic terrorism policy. We have to say that individuals, if you're going out and you're vandalizing, you're hurting, and you're, you're doing all these things that are not productive in, in any, any uh, uh, protection of a First Amendment right, if you're doing these things, we need to be able to prosecute these individuals and charge them with domestic terrorism. We have to, because it's the only way we're going to be able to deal with these, deal with the violence that's being created by these these violent mobs. And I
0: and I and I think about this election, and you know the, the the saddest thing is is you got guys like Jerry Nadler saying it's a myth that Portland Antifa is a myth, that the riots in Portland are a myth. And I'm like, okay, we have the sights and sounds. We played some of the sounds. I mean, if you can't recognize there's a massive problem here, you're never going to be able to solve it. But I'm thinking and you've been on both of you have been out on the streets for all these years Bernie. It will start with you. What message is this saying to the anarchists, to the to those involved in arson and looting and, you know, violent attacks, which we're watching every day unfold?
6: Well, here's the reality, Sean, and a lot of people I don't think would know this. Jerry Nadler supports this movement. He supports this movement far more than anybody realizes. Going back to 2001, it was Jerry Nadler that went to President Clinton to call for the clemency for Susan Rosenberg, who was convicted of possessing 750 pounds of explosives and a bunch of machine guns. Um, a, a part of the Weather Underground. It was Jerry Nadler that went to Clinton and asked for the clemency for the FALN bombers. There were eight of them that were involved in over...
0: Prob- hey, Bernie, I have the videotape of them on camera making bombs.
6: Yeah, exactly. Well, Nadler was the one who went to Clinton and asked for their pardon, asked for their clemency. He supports this stuff. He is a radical leftist. He's a Marxist. He believes
0: in it. So you got to explain to me, Sergeant Penny, I mean, you're running for a congressional seat now. You've been you've been out protecting and serving for 21 years. How are people reacting where you are?
7: Yeah. Oh, no. Pe- people around here where I'm at, that, that narrative, let's keep in mind, this this black, it, it started off as a, as a as a Black Lives Matter agenda that everyone just, just adopted and said that they were a part of. But now we're seeing what, what's happening with these with these Portland riots and, and all this other nonsense across the country. People are starting to, they, they're starting to see it. I mean, the people in the community are starting to see that this movement is not an, and it's not a, a, a any type of positive movement. They're seeing that it has been morphed and co-opted by anarchists. It's all about anarchists, all about, about destroying and destabilizing America. People see this now. So as mm-hmm. I go out and I talk to people, I'm telling you something, I'm, I live in one of the I, – I, I'm, I'm over one of the communities that, that are uh, – look, we have a lot of violent crime that we're dealing with, and unfortunately we, we – we, you know, we having to deal with violent crime day in and day out, and some people simply can't leave their community. Some people can't leave, so they're stuck there, having to deal with uh, certain levels of violent crime. And if they knew, if they knew that 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 their police officers were not going to come and protect them if something happened, can you you wouldn't realize the level of? I, I mean, I think our community would just would just lose it because they know that they need them. Well, local New York
0: to be there it, to protect them. It's anywhere weekly. The NYPD numbers between ninety-eight and one hundred percent minorities are the ones being shot in New York City, and these are human lives. And I don't understand it. So, what is the status of your race? And and describe the reaction to other cities, even though you're in Dallas, to what's going on in these liberal cities run by liberal Democrats for decades. We got about thirty seconds each, Sergeant.
1: First,
7: yeah. First of all, I want to say thank you so much for uh, for acknowledging the uh, the campaign here on this on this on this radio station. We've had I've had so many people reach out to me, so many law enforcement supporters reach out to me that have really, com, really propelled this campaign to a whole nother level. So, first and foremost, we're, we're going to say that we're going to keep fighting. I'm going to keep fighting for law enforcement. I'm going to make sure that our communities remain safe, especially our underserved communities. Those are the ones where all the crime is happening. at that's where. And we, you know what? First and foremost. I think we have to make sure that we are sending the right message to our community. They got to know that they have to to our community to make sure they know they have leaders that are actually fighting for them, that are on the ground with them. And that's exactly what I do every day.
0: If they keep doing this, this is going to end so bad. It's so predictably disastrous. Bernie, last word.
6: Yeah, I think the I think the voters, Sean, they have to realize if you live in a democratic city, if you live in a city run by a Democrat, all you have to do is look at your crime stats, your murder rates, your shootings, your violent crime. I think the votes have to change. If you want peace, if you want law and order, you've got to vote the other
0: way. All right. Uh, thank you. Well, I call him Commissioner, Commissioner Bernie Kerrig, uh, NYPD, 9 2001 We uh, we remembered heroism then. Why are we forgetting it now? Uh, Sergeant uh, Penny, thank you. Con- Congressional District number 30 in the, in, uh, the great city of Dallas and Texas. When we come back, LJ Lawrence Jones, our 2020 correspondent on the ground, he's in Chicago. He'll join us, Ami Horowitz. He's on the ground in the summer of love zone now in Portland. That and more as we continue.
2: In the words of the protesters that I spoke to, the goal of these protests is to encourage societal breakdown so that it could be rebuilt in their own warped image. No good
1: as we haven't declared a revolutionary war. Is that what we need to do? I strongly feel like what
2: you do. Do you think chaos is a good tool in order to reshuffle the deck? It's become a useful tool. Chaos, that's a complete reboot. Uh, so okay. do you think that organized chaos will work? Yep. Yes, yes. Key word, organized chaos. I think uh, it could be used as a tool. Should we be able to use that chaos to tear down the system and then to ultimately rebuild it?
1: I believe so, yeah.
2: Is it time for us to end the American experiment and start all over again?
7: Definitely. It's we failed as as an American experiment needs to be addressed.
2: Is it time to end the American experiment and then start all over again?
1: I think that we have to burn it down.
2: Do you think it's time to end the American experiment? Yes! Uh, yeah. It is time to end it. Do we need violence as a yes. tool? Yes. There's, different, there's four levels of
7: protest. Looting and rioting is part of being protesting. So yes, I do agree that it needs to be
2: there. Do you think that violence like that is a proper response?
8: I think that response is an outcry of being silenced for way too long.
2: Not everyone that night felt the same way as the majority of protesters.
8: I, I don't know no black folks is throwing murder borders and shit. I don't know no black folks is throwing bombs over the fence. have nothing to do with us. That don't have nothing to do with us. What, what, what you gonna do if you're 90 years old and you're out there going, hey, hey, and then you throw a bomb, some kid throw a bomb in there, trying to be cute, like that. And when they come out, and they're pissed and then people would say look you see what they did no bro they didn't do nothing you're going in their dwelling they're protecting their dwelling and, and then when, when they, everybody gets to go home we stay black homie and we get blamed for your black life matter that's the realest ever seen. I, 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 this is bullshit. we got 2% black people out here too. 2%. 2 2% 2% Two percent. What does that say? What's that say? It says um, Y'all don't know what you I don't believe y'all really know what you're fighting for. I don't. But so this is us taking the high road. This is us not creating groups to to kill off and assassinate uh the people that are doing the same to us.
0: All right, some of the sounds of uh, Portland, our friend Army Harwitz has now been out there over a week. Uh, Also, our friend, 2020 correspondent on the ground for Hannity, the TV show, Lawrence Jones. He had a special last night uh, on uh, the Fox News channel. Uh, He, along with his colleague, Harris Faulkner, have been digging deep into the issues. Uh, Thank you both for being with us, Ami. I mean, it's funny you're interviewing people. Oh, yeah. Looting and rioting and violence is all part of the protesting. I'm like, wow. Okay, really? I mean, the media's willful distortion on describing this crowd is
2: absolutely incredible to me. You only have to be there for five minutes. To see what these people are about, make no mistake about it. Like they said, they want the dissolution of the United States, and they're using violence. I mean, real violence—mortars and incendiary devices and fire—to push a political agenda. That is the definition of, of of terrorism. And and by the way, Sean, where was the Portland PD? They weren't any. They were anywhere near this place. They were not there. They allowed this crowd to get out of control and to attack this federal building. And again, I want to make sure this is very clear to people. The, the, the fed, the federal agents who are coming out to protect, like that guy said, to protect their dwelling, because they, they were trying to literally burn it down. All they did was use, huma- Like I was, I was gassed, so I know what it was like. It's not pleasant, but man, it's a hell of a better than shooting. And they were pushing these people back to protect this dwelling. They were not rolling around the city, disappearing people. That's a load of crap. That's not what's going on. Okay? I was personally threatened by a group of people who said that if we find out that you're going to portray these people in negative light, we're going to have, in their words, street justice. I already told you how I was attacked the night before with with, uh, bottles, glass bottles on me. I mean, this is the situation at hand in an American city, and these blue mayors are letting this happen because they see it as a way to attack the president politically. They're using violence, essentially, allowing these people to use violence in order for them to push their political agenda of getting Trump out of office. It is absolutely insane, Sean.
0: It's like a war zone. It, oh my, I mean, it's just absolute insanity. I agree in every way, shape, matter of form. Um. Lawrence, Lawrence Jones, congrats on the special last night, and uh, I'm, I'm watching you, this, and it. one of the things that we've been doing on Hannity, the TV show, is you know, like, for example, the, the Chop Chaz Autonomous Summer of Love uh, Spaghetti Potluck Dinner Zone, uh, this dopey mayor in Seattle where Horace Lorenzo Anderson Jr. was killed, and I had his father on with Andre Taylor, and this poor man is pouring his heart out to America. You interviewed... The, the father and the grandmother of the one-year-old that was killed in Brooklyn. You interviewed the family of the seven-year-old beautiful little girl that was killed in Chicago and, you know, mm-hmm. devastated on the 4th of July. And, you know, I mean, we have an eight-year-old killed also in Atlanta, but you're talking directly to the people impacted by this. What are they, And you're in Chicago tonight to report for us. What are they telling you?
9: Yeah, the people are heartbroken. And they want the leaders to do something about it to stop the bleeding. They don't care if you represent the red or blue, they just want someone to stop the bleeding. And the leaders have utterly failed in these communities. There is no media trucks covering what's happening. This is a, a national crisis right now. And the fact that, um, you know, there has not been any assistance for the people, that the mayors reject uh, assistance. And, and, you know, th- one of the flaws flaws that is and miss that is perpetrated is that this started doing the corona pandemic and it's been happening for years i've been covering this since 2015 begging the death poverty and destruction in these communities that that lead to so much violence for people to cover it and sean like We've been the only ones on the ground covering this at Fox News. I mean, there's the other stations don't want to cover this. We're the ones ones who sit down with these families and, and, and allow them to grieve and to tell their stories. I have people that I talked to two weeks ago that are begging to be deputized because they know exactly where the gang members are. They know exactly where the people that are are committing these murders. But no one is asking these people to contribute. No one is asking to link up arms with the community members to go and bust down the doors of the people that are terrorizing their neighborhoods. We have an option to advocate from life from the womb to the tomb. And the fact that people aren't outraged by this is pretty disgusting.
0: Well, I, I just don't understand it. I mean, if you want to break down things demographically, Lawrence Jones, uh, New York is a perfect example. It's anywhere between 98 and 100 percent, depending on the week. Shooting victims are African-American. The, the, the right. numbers of um, sorry, minorities, the numbers of minorities shot in Chicago, I mean, are extraordinarily yeah. high, and they do yeah. nothing. I don't understand that part.
9: Look, I, I keep telling people that it is, it is not political for me, but these are just the facts of, of the current leadership that is here. Most of this stuff is local issues, right? And I, I always tell my Republican brothers and sisters this. If these people have felt so bad, and they have felt so bad, and, and, and they don't have the prescription to solve this, then it's our job to do it. It is our job to give these people a choice. It's, it's wealth, it is, it is liberty, it is protection of the family. All the values that they stand for, we have an obligation to be able the ground. Yes, the president can do a little bit on the national level, but it's limited power, limited power there. It has to be in local politics. We should be kicking these mayors out of office. But until
2: we offer these people an alternative, we can't talk. We can't talk. Well, Sean, black lives don't matter when they're killed by black people. This is what this is not me saying this. This is Don Lemon saying this. This is this is the Black Lives Matter leadership saying this. Black lives do not matter. They are not counted under BLM if they're killed by black people. That's the insanity of this whole uh, theology, this whole political movement. It's
0: crazy. So what's it like every night? Because if you listen to Jerry Nadler, he said the idea of violent Antifa riots in Portland, where you are, are is a myth. Is that true? The mob and the media is saying, oh, no, this is... This is the myth of conservative media. I'm like, okay, can you just open your eyes and take a look at what we're viewing here? Yeah, I must have cut
2: myself up because, uh, yeah, it must be some kind of fantasy, some kind of fever dream that I had. Look, I saw I saw the media members there and I saw them having their cameras pointed at the ground when when they were when the federal building was being attacked. By these guys, by these thugs, by these rioters. And then all of a sudden, when, when, the, when the feds come out to protect it, all of a sudden their cameras light up and they start filming the, the feds coming out. They have an agenda. The reason why NAVA's not saying it is because the, the political class, the Democratic political class, both on a national level and on a local level, and the media have a political agenda. Narrative that they are pushing, and they're pushing that this is all in our heads. There is no violence out there, even though I don't know those actors in my video that were talking about violence as a tool and chaos as a tool and, uh, and ending the American experiment. Maybe they, maybe I just hired these guys, but no, it is it is they're willfully not looking at the reality because they want to push the political agenda. That's what it comes down to, Sean.
0: Oh, I mean, Sean, that's me the point. Go ahead, LJ.
9: Let me say this real quickly. Um, I, I've been covering this from the very beginning. We, we've reached the point now where this is a national security matter. The, the, it's pretty disgusting. They're using the death of George Floyd and actual pain and grievances in the black community. To, to have this movement. It, it, it is a political revolution. They're professional, paid anarchists. I know because I have met these
0: guys. They don't but, but Lawrence, I Lawrence, don't this, this is now long past. I mean, you just heard the the sound exactly. that Ami shared with us about, oh, yeah, no, this is about looting and rioting and violence. And it's, that's, you know, the, that's exactly I, I, I that's didn't hear George Floyd's name mentioned in, in big weeks big from young. many of they're the people taking, that are doing this.
9: They're taking advantage of uh, of real hurt and real pain. And these people have their own agenda. They don't care about George Floyd. These are people that are anarchists that said, oh, you know what? The country is on edge right now. Let me take advantage of that. That's a problem. That's a national security problem.
0: So what are people saying when you, to- you go out into Brooklyn and you go to Chicago and you're going to report from Chicago for Hannity tonight? What are people saying about the lack of law and order and safety and security? Because you have a presidential candidate that's, that's now said the police have now become the enemy. Not one supportive word of the police at all at any point. He supports the reallocation, quote, defund movement. Uh, to people, because uh, I would imagine every single person in life has has the same values. They want to be safe and secure in their own neighborhoods. That's just basic. And they're failing people at a spectacular level, Lawrence Jones.
9: They want to know who started defund the police. No, No one in the community is talking about defunding the police. New York has experienced shootings are up over 200%. Over 200%. You te- you're you telling me parents that have a one-year-old want to defund the police? That's not what the community is saying. These are people that live in their ivory towers, the social justice warriors, that, 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 that have been to school for this, the community organizer group, right, that have their own agenda. But they don't live in these neighborhoods. They don't have to walk in fear every single day. I have parents telling me, they can't even let their kids play in the front yard. You tell me what I'm supposed to tell them as a reporter covering these stories. What am I supposed uh, to tell them? The cavalry is coming? No, they're not coming.
0: They're not, no, no the, the, the mayors won't them. let them in. The mayors are saying, stay out, stay out. We don't want any help. All right, so what's the plans tonight, Lawrence, and then we'll go to Ami.
9: Yeah, the plan is I'm going to go out here and talk to the residents of Chicago. I want to ask them what they feel about the feds coming in to help save the community. I'm also going to talk about... Uh, the shooting spree this weekend. Over 50 people shot, three people dead uh, over the weekend. We're going to get into all all of that. It's going to be a Hannity exclusive. Um, again, on my special last night, I talk about action and us reporting on all stories. When the state abuses its power, we cover it on your show. When citizens terrorize communities, we have an obligation to cover that, too. They're in balance, I'm afraid, as always.
0: And you're going out in the middle of that uh, shift show out there in Portland every night. And I I know you got attacked one night as things calm down a little bit for you. Yeah, uh,
2: they're calm down for me because I uh, I got the hell out of Dodge and came back to New York. But, you know, I want to echo something that that Lauren said. Um, These radicals, these terrorists, do not reflect the black community okay? That's not how people feel on the streets in these communities. Defund, abolish the police is a regressive tax, and they know that. What I mean by that is the people who are most acutely affected by, by the downgrading of the police department are these urban, poor communities. Look, in the upper west side of Manhattan, which is a great area, yeah, we, there,
0: we definitely can feel the rise in crime, but not nearly as badly yeah. as these black communities, urban communities, Hispanic part communities. part of our American family. These, uh, the, the, when we hear these kids shot every time you hear a number 59 shot Chicago this weekend 59 families their lives completely uprooted and in some cases when they die you know irreparable damage and harm and sadness and it's all preventable thank you both when we come back wide open phones 80941 Sean if you want to be a part of the program we'll get to your calls next
2: First of all, I think about the federal government
10: being in our city
2: Enough is enough! <laughs> Can I get up? Enough is enough! Kena enough so is enough! They were we'll not asked to be here? Whit- You're to <insane>. so》- <itta> You're you <mir> <küçük kids> <iforniana roomm vai】commands sin>
5: Every city, every town, burn the priests to the ground. Every city, every town, burn the priests to the ground.
8: do you disavow yeah, the violence from antifa that's happening in portland right now there's that, that's riots that, in- that's a myth that's being spread only in washington dc about antifa in portland yes sir there's there's videos everywhere that. online there's fires and riots there's th- they're throwing fireworks at uh, federal officers dhs is there look online it gets crazy mr nadler
0: uh that is jerry nadler that's a myth that this is happening in portland uh okay just bury your head in the sand uh, because the truth is the truth. And this is now led by the, the leader now of the Democratic Party is Joe Biden. The ever forgetful corrupt Joe, with his team of, of brilliant leftist genius like uh, Bolshevik Bernie, his uh, economic Czar, AOC, his Green New Deal Czar, Bozo, his gun confiscate Gun Czar, then Pelosi and Schumer, and Biden 125 years of failure. You know, it was uh, Biden accusing federal law enforcement, brutally attacking. They're the ones attacking peaceful protesters. Pelosi calling federal agents stormtroopers. Clyburn, you know, calling them Gestapo. Garcetti in Los Angeles said the demonstrators uh, represent the best of our democratic uh, values and ideals. The idiot uh, mayor out in Portland marching with the anarchists that have taken over the city. You know, you got this solidarity with Portland. And I'm just looking at this and I'm saying, you've got to be kidding me. This is now this is a preview of coming attractions. Let me put it that way. You want to know how this is never going to end well. You don't have to be an MIT or Harvard or Yale grad to figure this out. And now defunding the police, listening to this, I mean, amazing police chief they have out in seattle uh carmen best no we we can't support anybody we can't do our job and getting good conscience i'm forbidden from allowing my officers to protect themselves using non-lethal even pepper spray i cannot in good conscience put their lives at risk this way
3: people throughout seattle need to be aware that the City Council ordinance banning the use of less lethal tools, including pepper spray, which is commonly used to disperse crowds that have turned violent, will go into effect this weekend. Yesterday, I sent a letter to City Council members that clearly explained the foreseeable impact of this ordinance on upcoming events, and I think it's important that you understand that as well. With the City Council ordinance, we hear loudly and clearly that the use of these less lethal tools by SPD officers to disperse crowds that have turned violent have been completely banned by the City Council. And the Police Department will abide by this legislation. This week, some have asked why officers did not arrest individuals who participated in criminal activity. Our officers will always investigate crimes and will make arrests when suspects are identified. As the Council's legislation goes into effect this weekend, my hope is that it does not create more dangerous circumstances for our community and our officers should officers have to intervene and stop criminal activity. For these reasons, the Seattle Police Department will have an adjusted deployment in response to any demonstrations this weekend. The Council legislation gives officers no ability to safely intercede to preserve property, in the midst of a large and violent crowd. Allowing this behavior deeply troubles me. It deeply troubles me. So they won't be
0: there. They won't intervene when more riots happen. That's the message in Seattle. But the same thing is unfolding before our eyes. The one thing this all, the one commonality here liberal cities run by liberal Democrats for decades New York City, Chicago, Portland. Seattle, you see what's happening in San Francisco, Los Angeles, the same thing. What is this called? The preview of coming attractions if you elect Biden. There you go. You don't think this is a, a, a moment for the country to really stand back and decide that we're going to allow these radicals to take over this country? Because I don't know if they ever implement the plans of Bolshevik Bernie defunding the police, if they implement the plans of AOC... You know, Bozo O'Rourke. I mean, how do you recover from that? That's why it's live free or die America and the world on the brink. I wish I didn't feel the five alarm fire that I feel every second of every minute of every waking hour and insomniac hour that I have in my life. That's how serious it is. Anyway, we're going to launch it one week from tomorrow. Hannity.com, Amazon.com. And if you want to get the earliest copies, you can go there today. Uh, All right, let's go to Chicago. We got Mike standing by. Mike, hi. How are you? Glad you called. Hey,
11: great, Sean. Thanks for having me on.
0: Well, uh, by the way, what did you think of Mike Ditka? He's a former coach of the Bears. If you can't respect our national anthem, get the hell out of the country.
7: The whole kneeling thing in the NFL, you got guys saying that they're going to do it. I'm seeing all these baseball players now, different teams. Last night watching baseball, you got the Reds kneeling, the A's, the Giants. A lot of teams are kneeling. Athletes are kneeling in your league here. You're the chairman of this thing. Uh, Is that going to be allowed if the women want to take a knee during the anthem? uh, What's the policy on that for you guys?
1: Well, if it was up to me, I'd say no. If you can't respect our national anthem, get the hell out of the country. Then that's the way I feel. Of course, I'm old-fashioned, so I'm I'm only going to say what I feel. Uh, I think there's a way that you you protest and there's a way you don't protest. You don't protest against the flag. You don't protest against this country who's given you the opportunity to make a living playing a sport that uh, you never thought would would happen. So I, I don't want to hear all the crap. You want to try it? Try it. You know, it's OK.
0: Getting hammered, well, obviously, for saying it. What is uh, what is the reaction in Chicago?
11: Well, th- that's, that's the coach, and uh, the coach is right, and, and he's going to stand up for this country and, and our city and our team, and he'll never be any other way.
0: Well, okay, so let's talk about what's life like now in the city of Chicago. You only had it was a slow weekend compared to last weekend. Uh, you only well, had, you know, let's see, uh, how many people shot 59.
11: Yeah, that's almost on average. And uh, sadly, it, it happens week in, week out. And um, it, it's been going on like that for a long time. I mean, it's not something new.
0: Well, I uh, mean, and my, do people there feel safe and secure? Because I can't imagine they do. Well, I
11: think everybody knows that uh, my grandfather was a, a CPD. My relatives are CPD, CPD and firemen. And uh, they know that uh, they're, they're hamstrung. Uh, everybody knows that the cops answer to the mayor even if you if you watched Andy Griffith show Andy Griffith answered to the mayor it's these mayors and governors who have abdicated their responsibility and failed to uphold the law as written they don't get to write it they uphold it they enforce it and they're not doing it
0: that's sad and this is now going on all across the country uh Bob in Georgia what's going on Bob how are you John
10: Um, You know, in the midst of all the talk about defunding uh, the police departments or cutting their budgets, we see the saber rattling of the lead prosecutor in Philadelphia and other mayors and city council people around the country saying that they're going to arrest the federal agents that President Trump is sending into their communities to get control of the situation. Who exactly do they think is going to arrest these federal agents? the police, that they are demoralizing and defunding?
0: (laughs) I mean, that's a great question. I mean, you should never even have to ask it. Well, first of all, we went through the statutory law, and that is the obligation of, of Department of Homeland Security people. We're allowed to protect federal property. That's number one. Number two, you know, the president keeps offering help. These big city mayors are more interested in battling Trump and getting a headline than they are in protecting their own citizenry. Uh, The numbers of people that they're sending in to protect the federal buildings, I think the most I saw sent in any one city was 200. Um, They're not there to do the policing. And Lori Lightfoot is just playing politics, uh, as are all of these other liberal mayors uh, attacking the president. This is an election year. We're 99 days out of an election. But who are you going to call? I mean, listen to it. It is it is spiraling out of control in ways we've never seen before. This is going to end very badly. And if you want to know what Joe Biden, Pelosi, Schumer, AOC, Bolshevik, Bernie's America looks like, well, look at the cities that we're watching on with our own eyes that the media denies and the Jerry Nadlers of the world deny.
10: Well, you know, Sean, this takes me back to um, Vietnam. You remember that the politicians towards the end of that war were the ones that were really trying to run it instead of allowing the military and the Pentagon. They're doing the same thing to the police departments today. I remember the the Vietnam vets coming back to scorn and people spitting on them and no respect. And the Democrats are doing the same doggone thing to the police departments. And, you know, I applaud everybody in blue because they are keeping their heads up as best they can, given the onslaught uh, that they're getting from the Democrat politicians around the country. Obama did it uh, during his administration where he hamstrung our troops in Afghanistan, limiting the uh, ability to engage enemy and and shoot and protect themselves. Um, This is not the first time that we've seen this type of behavior uh, from Democrat leaders and politicians.
0: No, it's not gonna be the last time. The only thing that is going to work is to empower the police to do their job. It, look, if you're going to take away the non lethal options for dispersing crowds, and certainly police, you know, they, they don't have any, there's no more option. The only other option they have is a, a violent confrontation. I've talked about more training, I've talked about other non lethal options that are out there available. How do I know? Because I own them. Legal non lethal options. And. You know, these are things we can institute quickly and expeditiously and crowd control is not that hard. We know how to do it without people getting hurt. I mean, okay, you don't like the tear gas. You don't like pepper spray. Well, then maybe don't participate in violent riots and you won't have to worry about it. We're not talking about peaceful protesters. We're we're talking about now the rioters that have taken over uh, most of most of these these efforts that we're watching unfold every night. Uh, thank you, Bob. Appreciate it. Back to our busy phones. Florida. McKenzie is with us. Hey, uh, McKenzie, how are you? Glad you called.
11: Good, Sean. How are you doing? You're a great American.
0: Thank you, sir. Glad you called. You're a great American.
11: Thank you. Um, my biggest concern is that these individuals that you had mentioned that are leaving these liberal states in droves um, have voted Democrat and will continue to vote Democrat. We can't afford to lose Florida. Florida goes blue; they're just inviting that same kind of chaos to my state. And like you said, we'll lose America as we know it. And We'll probably never be able to get it back.
0: That's what I'm. That's that's the whole thing that I'm saying to the country right now. Now, look, I know that everybody's a little uh, upset, rightly so. We 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 always said it was when, not if, that there was going to be hotspots, There's going to be rebounds, county by county in Florida. You have your hotspots. The great news is, is therapeutically, we're there. PPE, we're there. Uh, the hydroxy studies prove that the president and people like myself were right to listen to Dr. Uh, Daniel Wallace out in Cedar sinai in Los Angeles. Uh, get that under control. But we we don't have the ability to get under control violence if mayors and, and Democratic governors, liberal mayors, liberal Democratic governors don't want the help. They have to ask for it. And, you know, there's a lot that's going to happen in 99 days. I'll tell you that to wrap things up for today. All right, say you DVR Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern. Oh, you don't think there's chaos in, in Portland and Chicago? Uh Yeah, we'll tell you what Joe Biden and Nadler and the mob and the media is lying about. Uh, we're 99 days to the most pivotal election in history. Hannity tonight at 9. We'll see you then. As of tomorrow, we're seven days away from our release of Live Free or Die. We'll see you tonight at 9. Thanks for being with us back here tomorrow.